Is a man's path really of his own choosing? Who's there? The elf only existed to allow you to fulfill your purpose. My purpose? Do you wish to become Vagnard's puppet? Vagnard? about anime. Ato's treatment alone isn't going to save him. He's Bill. Oh no, that needed chemo. <laughs> and soon you will call me your god. I'm Andy. You should believe in yourself. I should. I do. I have, I have a pretty... <laughs> so you... I have a strong belief in myself. It's pretty great. Hey, Bill! Hi! Hey! It's, guess what time it is? Friday. It, it is Friday, the time where Josh is no longer here. Yeah. No, uh, we're here to talk about... I almost said Wolfstrain. That's not right. Nope. We're here to talk about... Josh wasn't here. That's yeah, true. Wrecking or Lotus War. <laughs> yes! Except we're almost done. Yeah, well, you know, we have the uh, we have the series. We do. We could technically go right into the series after this. Uh, we've got episodes. Man, can you imagine just talking about? We could just do like a mini series where we just talk about the <laughs> the Chibi's episodes. That'd be pretty fucked up, and they wouldn't make any sense in continuity. We'd uh-huh. have to be like, okay, so <laughs> here's what happens in the Chibi episode. Tell me what's going on in, in the continuity. We make a game out of it or something. Uh, no, we're here talking about episodes eleven and twelve. Of the OVA of Record of Lotus War, episode 11, The Wizard's Ambition, and episode 12, uh, which is titled The Final Battle, Marmo, the Dark Island. But we got one more episode after that. So it's not really the final, I mean, it's the beginning of the final battle, part one. Final battle's beginning. Final yeah. battle's ending. I, I Maybe. Know. I don't know. Or... Didn't Gurren Lagann do that too? Or it was uh, like, the I final know. episode, but... I'm... <laughs> Almost positive that Gurren Lagann yeah. did that, where it's like, this is the end, and there's ten episodes left. Yeah. And it's just like, I fucking hate this anime. <laughs> oh, God, never mentioned how much I hate Gurren Lagann. It grew on me, yeah, so. it was okay. It got okay near the end. <laughs> it got okay. That's about the most glowing review that we could ever give that anime. Um, But you know what's even better than okay? Lotus War. Lotus War is even better than okay. Uh, Lotus War is pretty great. Although, I will tell you, these two episodes are not the strongest episodes out of the bunch. No. They're really... Well, that's why we're doing two-parter. Right. And, you know, we're building toward that climactic ending, that conclusion, that that final battle between good and evil. Um, We'll see how it plays out. But, no, we got to talk about episode 11 and 12 before we get to that big final battle, even though that's what 12 is called. But... Nerd news. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay, well, you got some time to think. I've got one that you probably won't care about, but could be of interest, potentially. I'll cut so, used to that. Yeah, that's true. And it's not Nintendo-based this time, although the Piranha Plant was released for Super Smash Brothers. care more about that than Overwatch. That's exactly where I was going, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wanted to mention Overwatch because we are about ready to start our new season of eSports. Uh, it was just revealed... 
that blizzards, uh, almost said blizzards of the coast. That's not right at all. Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's like a weird meshing. Uh, that blizzard entertainment, uh, has actually reduced the price of the PC version of uh, Overwatch from $40 to $20 permanently, which is kind of a big deal because when you have a game that is as big as Overwatch is, um, and you have a company like Blizzard that likes money, you wouldn't think that they would actually reduce the price, a permanent price drop for something like that. And as of right now, the console versions have not been permanently price dropped, but the PC, which is the most popular, obviously, platform to play on, it's where all the competitive play is at, that has been dropped down. And I find that really fascinating for a lot of reasons. I'm guessing they're probably just running out of steam of players. They're trying to pull new people in. One, you might be right. I think there's probably a drop-off in people playing the game. You're probably right. That has something to do with it. Um, two, it's something that we, as someone who's kind of immersed himself in esports culture more than I thought I'd ever do, this is actually happening quite a bit now. Um, CSGO, Counter-Strike uh, Global Offensive, okay. um, shooty game. Terrorists versus uh, essentially like Marines or whatever. Like you play half the game as the terrorist and half as like the counter-terrorist and you have to plan a bomb if you're a terrorist and make sure that the counter-terrorists don't stop you and vice versa. It was, uh, it's one of the more popular multiplayer esports titles and it just recently, I think like three or four months ago, is now free to play, which is a huge deal because it went from being like $15, it's kind of an older game, it's been around right. a while, to now making completely free to play. Oh, isn't Fortnite free to play? Fortnite absolutely is free to play. Don't you think that's siphoning off uh, players from these pay games? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Fortnite is the most popular video game in the world. Um, has been for the last couple of years. And ever. right. Well, I mean, I don't know about ever. I mean, maybe no, I ever, know. but like, I mean, you think about it, like timeline wise, all of these Fortnite players were two weeks. What? <laughs> All of these Fortnite, the only Fortnite players were, uh, you know, part of the a two week timeline. Okay. We were part of the Minecraft like Fortnite. explosion. Thank you. I get it now. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! I'm an idiot. Um, no, they were part of that. The the players that when they were little, they were playing Minecraft. They made Minecraft the biggest game in the world at the time, and it's just so weird that we've become this. Like I think of growing up. Yes, there were certain titles that were obviously really significant. Everyone played either Mario or Sonic. Like, those, there were, there, yeah. were, there were titles like that. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. But, like, there was still enough variety. Now it's like, there seems to be so much focus on, like, just a few games anymore, like, that are super widely popular amongst younger ages. Is that multiplayer? It is multiplayer. No, that's what I'm saying, though. Is that, oh, is that, is that multiplayer is that driving it? I think it helps to drive it. Because um, if you play it, and your friend plays it, and then everybody plays it, and then everybody right. cool kids at school play it. And... Right, absolutely. And especially being free, I think, helps. Right. This idea that like you can play it on a console or a PC and not have to pay anything. Parents like that. When we grew up, you're already kind of a dork playing video games all the time. True. Now, everybody plays video games. Absolutely. And so, the cool kid plays a free game. Mm-hmm. And that is actually true. Uh, there's a delineation between my esports kids, who are love them to death, but they're kind of that 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 dorky video game playing like kind of community, and they kind of have this almost like bitterness toward Fortnite and the people at our school that play Fortnite. It's just kind of like, 
I don't want to say elitism, although I think there are a few of them. A little hipstery. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Like, how dare they enjoy a video game? Like, they're not... It's popular. It must not be cool. Exactly. But you could see that divide, right? Where it's like, everyone is playing those free-to-play games, those popular games, because there is this sort of, like, I don't know, like, attraction to it for, like, the multiplayer, for the free. It's it's just... I thought it was interesting that you have this game like Overwatch that is... Super popular is like all the rage in esports has its own league with the Overwatch League. It's it's now been brought down to twenty. So now's your time. You could buy Overwatch. You could play with us. Yeah, that's what Josh was saying the other day too. You could. You could play. You could totally. I could see you actually doing really well with Junkrat because you just basically just lob explosives constantly. Like I feel like that's your play style. Like you unbridled be, aggression. Yeah, you could be pretty chaotic. I was always picked first when we did death matches on console. That is true. You were. Not, not because I was good. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wanted to deal with me. God, you were a pain in the ass. Playing, uh, what was that? What were those games? Uh, uh Red, Red, Red Faction. Red Faction. And, uh, the other one that had, like, monkeys and time shit. Time Splitters. Time Splitters. Yep. Oh my god, Time Splitters 2. We put so many hours into Time Splitters 2. <sighs> As we discussed before, you don't always know how to handle my unbridled aggression. I don't. We had this conversation like, the other day. You're a better shooter player than me, but if I run scraping out the hallway with a rocket launcher, you don't really know what to do. I don't you know freeze. what to do. I'm a better fighting game player than you are, but you just pull out the one move where it takes you five seconds to execute, and I know it's going to hit me, and I have options to stop or block it, but I stand there like a deer in the fucking headlights yep. because it intimidates the shit out of me. It's insanity. Uh, so that was my news, uh, is the Overwatch news. Do you have any news to add this week? Between the weather. Oh, God, the weather. And uh, everything I touch at work turning to shit. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I've been coming home eating and going to bed. Not, no, you know what? I don't blame you 100% on that. I've, that's That's totally fine. I made a giant pot of red beans and rice and sausage just to be, like, Bill Chow. Just don't even have to think about it. I just come home right. and eat. Uh. So, it, it, the weather has been shitty. Um, it, we've we've been kind of like stuck indoors, many of us, for far too many hours here in the Midwest. I finally went back to work today. It was great. It was a, My kid finally went back to school, which you're probably excited about as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's been crazy. And uh, I do want to mention before we get into our episode review too. If you did not listen to our last episode, uh, which was the 2019 announcements episode. Um, I do want to mention that if you have not checked out the first episode of Tuning RPG, uh, to go check that out on on you. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Uh, to go check that out on YouTube. It's... I was busy at work. <laughs> I know. Uh, we're gonna. It's a brand new series where we're gonna be creating characters uh, and going through the process in the Big Guy Small Mouth role playing system, and then posting those character sheets for people to look at and download on our uh, Patreon. So definitely check that out. The first episode or the first episode's out now. The first creation episode, episode two, will be. Uh, sometime this month in February. No spoilers, but have you picked who you're going to make? Uh, I've got a few ideas. I'm not 100% sure yet. I like your pick. Your pick's great. I think we should start with your pick. My pick was really obvious, even to myself, but I, yeah. it took me for a long time to think about it. Yeah, I, just I like, duh. definitely think we should start with your pick. It would be really fun. Uh, so definitely check that out. It's it's uh, The link will be, I'm sure, in the description below for this episode. We'll probably put that on for the next couple of episodes so people can find it. Um, but you can always find it at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. So yeah, let's let's get into episode 11. And it's mine. I'm going to start with 11. And then you've got the more interesting, I think, of the two, episode 12. 
Um, but this is heavy episode. Very <laughs> combat. Yes, it was definitely a combat session, as you mentioned. All right. So let's start episode eleven. The wizard's ambition. Wizard. I said that weird. The wizard. The wizard. Uh, so we get our narrator, who sums up what happened last time. You know, the fight with Shooting Star, Ashram's death, the heroes re- reuniting, and uh, they decide to throw a kegger at Castle Ackroyd. Home of Dan. <laughs> yes, home of Dan. You know what that makes me think of? Like this whole scene. No, well that night now it does. But that what I was thinking of. It makes me think of that song by Blackmore's Night, March the Heroes Home. That's what I was thinking of at the end of our D&D session. Yeah, our beauty yeah. Campaign. I should throw in, like, approximately 14 seconds of that song here. We'll be waiting when you march the heroes home All the night and day through march the heroes home Wasn't that a great song? Are you doing that? I'm sure. Why not? That's 14 seconds too long, isn't it? I, I don't know. I thought it was seven seconds. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll... <laughs> You're going to get a seed. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> such a good song. It's so good. Uh, so inside Cashew's Castle, the narrator is continuing to talk, and he says that the town had assumed that Cashew would die, essentially is what the narrator says. Like, well... like the town was excited to see he actually returned. <laughs> he was fighting a dragon, to be yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, we were already um, building a democracy, but okay. Uh, welcome back, Cashew. <laughs> You're such a nut. Ah, huh, yeah. Oh, and uh, we also get a, I guess, a drunk deedlet, like yeah. laying on a couch, like almost slightly suggestively, like either she passed out from the party because there's like a goblet next, right, right next to the couch. Yeah. Um, and her hair is like all kind of like 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 tussled. I'm like, did Part hit that? You don't think so? Because, like, Parn is, like, it almost looks like Parn is, like, putting on his armor and trying to sneak out, like, after the fact. And she, like, wakes up and he's, like, uh... No, because he snuck in in his armor, didn't he? Wait, what? I thought he snuck in in his armor. Oh, I thought he was, like, leaving. I thought he he was, like, trying to get out of there before, like, like, while she was... No, he came in and, like, left her the rose and then... Oh, you're right. I guess he did leave the rose. That's true. That's right. So he's a knight. So it's not... a white rose. It's not celebratory sex, like, In the moonlight. Thank you. Uh, anywho, he tries to sneak out, leaving the rose, but she wakes up, and she admires the rose. Even though you think that, like, a dead cutting, like, of, like, part of nature would not be her thing. Like, oh, look at yeah. this beautiful dead flower that you went out and murdered. Yeah. So sweet of you. The rose spirits love this. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, he didn't kill the plant, he just... Cut a finger off of somebody. Oh no! It's like a, a bizarre but, mutilation. But like they grow back, so like if I knew my fingers were going to grow back, I'd cut them off and throw them at people. Here's this finger from your best friend out there, the plant, Rosie, the the flower. Just saying it. Oh my god! Cut little fingers off and just leave them everywhere. You would do that. Like that would be your mo completely. Yep. So anyhow. Something's apparently bothering Parn. Dilit can see it, even though she's drunk. Uh, he says it's nothing. Dilit thanks him. I wrote for the sex, but apparently we're going to go and that didn't happen. Well, she, well, she definitely wasn't sleeping, because she's she, an elf. Although she... Can elves pass out from being drunk? 
that's poisoning. So yes, well, I guess that's fair. So elves can be poisoned, but they can't be can't, like can't sleep sleep spells. Got it. Got it. They do meditate, so maybe she was in her meditation. It's a really lax meditation, like sprawled out, hair everywhere, arm laying over the side of the couch. <laughs> Parn comes in, she's like, I, I'm just meditating. I'm just, I'm just meditating, Parn. What's going on? <laughs> uh, outside of the door. Oh, wait, before that, before that, Parn goes, because she thanks him, and Parn's response is, uh, sure. <laughs> like, literally, yeah. that's what he says. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then outside the door, is a stern Shearus, which makes me think, like, either A, they did have sex, or B, she's, like, peeking in, like, oh, they just did it. Oh, Shearus is pissed off either way. Oh, yeah. Shearus is not happy. We cut away to Shearus leaving the castle and going out to, like, some sort of garden or some sort of, like, outside area. And she is dejected as hell and walks past Orson, who <laughs> says, hey, uh, you were with Parn, weren't you? <laughs> Again, I think it's a sex joke. I think so. He's like, I smell him on you. Um, no, oh. it's <laughs> that, that 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 demon of Yuri, You know, just gives him extra smelling sets. Uh, no, it's it does not sit well with Shiras. By the way, does not go over well. She gets no. mad and wonders how he could have even asked her that after all of their years together. Well, I don't know if we've talked yet much about the relationship or friendship or connection or whatever it is between Shearus and Orson. I think we I did feel a like, little bit at the beginning. I feel like this is another good place to like re-examine that a little bit more. So, obviously we have Orson who feels a need to kind of protect Shearus. Yes. We've seen that played out in like their introduction episode, especially. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in the introduction episode. Yeah. But at the same time... He's without emotion. So, I don't... It's just so an interesting relationship between the two. He's not necessarily without emotion. He's bearing his emotion. If, okay. he, if he was without emotion, he wouldn't get mad. True. And let Kiri come out. Okay. Yeah, that's true. He's just holding it in. He's yeah, he's finding a center that he can just... Right. Okay. Keep it from going getting out of control. So, either... Our options here really amount to either they have a familial bond. Mm -hmm. You know, he feels like a big brother to her for some reason. Protective of her. Yeah. Or, he is in love with her and not deep down and just never acting on it. And mm -hmm. she's just given up on that being a thing. Yeah. It is a unique dynamic between those two. Right. Very interesting. It, it makes you wonder, like, you know, obviously Shiris is all about Parn. But, like, is there, you know, like, like how much of that does she have any feelings toward Orson hidden away? She might. I can definitely see that she had them, but she's given up. Like I said, she's given up because... He just, can't really yeah, show anything back. It's kind of uh, like Scarlet Widow and the Hulk kind of thing. Oh, yeah. No, that's actually really a good comparison. Yep. Interesting. So, we cut back to Cassie's chamber, where a soldier relates that Marmo has grown in power. Which should be the opposite, you would think, after they've already removed Beld and Ashram. Um, but there's more to it yep. that Shit. we know. Shit's going down. Yeah, shit's going to hit the fan here. Uh, there's a rumbling under the island. And apparently there's fear that something is stirring on the island of Marmot. Very ominous. Yes. Yeah, just kind of like, 
there the, the ground is shaking and yeah stuff uh we cut to the wilderness for some reason uh there's a weird shot of some like barren abandoned landscape and we pan up on holy shit it's ashram but he was dead reveal how did i mean i guess we kind of kind of find out but not really we like hear like one sentence of half-ass explanation later. it's really not explained well uh-uh. like he fell into a fucking volcano yep and now he's just out in the wild somewhere and he's just clutching Pirates's like head bangle thing yep and he's like huh <laughs> how the fuck did i get here he's immediately freaked out by creepy carla's woodchuck voice <laughs> says rad no um not that woodchuck uh and says is a man there's a deep cut wow there's a deep cut uh he's carla she says is a man's path really his of his own choosing uh and it makes me wonder is it carla that saves him because like how do you fall into a mountain survive and then suddenly and your sword happens to like land Yes. Straight up. Yeah. When they're not in the mountain anymore. Yeah. We do get a passing bit of dialogue next episode that Vognars is not dragging him out of the volcano. Oh. I guess I missed that. It's not, like, that's why I said it's not explained any. They just, one half sentence of like, I didn't drag you out of there for this or whatever. Huh. That's weird. A weird moment. It, it didn't seem to kind of fit. I think this is one of those continuity things that sort of fell apart, either yeah. in translation or in... Or just in a general... Adaption. They have 13 episodes that tell the story, right. so it's like they cut corners in the story. When it could have it. been kind of a weird thing that happened in the original game that they just sort of... Hand-waved. Hand-waved into existence in the right. the show. Absolutely. So, like Vagnard, Ashram doesn't recognize Carla. <laughs> right. He's like, who the fuck is that? Um, Why are you wearing Carla's hat? Exactly. Uh, Carla's really cold in this scene, saying that Pirates was only a pawn to make sure that Ashram survived. That's fucking ice cold. Yep. I love it, though. But, man, that's ice cold. In character for her. Oh, totally. 100%. And I also love how Ashram just, like, repeats everything that Carla says about <laughs> Vagnard and everything else as, like, as a question back. Carla says something about a puppet, and he's like, puppet? Vagnard? Bueller? <laughs> Doctor? <laughs> Doctor. Who am I? Where am I? Like, it was just, like, question after question. Yep. Some of those weren't actually things yeah. he said. What? <laughs> what? Um, yeah, it was huh? really weird. It was a weird bit of dialogue. Uh, Carla hints that the Scepter of Domination is being used for re- the resurrection of Cardis, the Destroyer. Yeah, I'm a little confused there, too. Why is that? Well, you get into the next episode, too, but it... Is he using it for the resurrection of Cardis, or... Doing everything else to resurrect Cardus and then use this after on Cardus. Yeah, I don't know. And then I, or for both. some, I, maybe, like, then for me, I was confused because for some reason I had thought that the dragon was like the incarnation of Cardus. And then I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like, that's a whole different dragon that's just randomly chilling under the castle. Yeah. I, it's so weird. It's not explained well. Some of the plot point, like, well, we just said it. Yeah, exactly. Another, yeah. another plot point that they're trying to just shoehorn in. Like, yeah. oh shit, we need to have that really cool. Black dragon versus gold dragon fight. We yep. better just, like, drop hints of this weird dragon, but not really tell you who it is. Because, like, there was a scene earlier in the series where it's like, Cardus! And you heard the dragon, like, moving around and stuff. I and it's just totally like, thought like, the dragon was Cardus yeah, at the time. Yeah. Totally, like, misleading. 
very bizarre. This would have benefited from being a uh, full 26 episodes. They could have actually done something with 26 episodes. I mean, they do, like in the actual series it follows, and that has its problems that we'll, we'll see. It's not as good as the OVA. No, if I remember correctly, no. It, it, I still like it. It's still enjoyable, but it, it does kind of wear it. It's out as welcome after a while. Um, but anywho, uh, Carla also says that his sword won't do much against Cardus. And she also mentions Parn, which is kind of a sore spot because, like, there's this little, like, rivalry, obviously, building up between, right. between the two, leading to their eventual spoiler. They're going to fight again. You know they're going to. Rivalry is kind of a soft way of putting it. Yeah, no, I think so. So he finally recognizes Carla after all this, and he leaves for Lodos, of all places, leaving behind the headpiece. We get a shot of the headpiece just kind of laying on the ground. Yep. And uh, essentially, like, symbolically, like, just leaving his past with Pirates to pursue his important future. Right. Which I thought was a cool visual. It was. Very good. We go back to Cashew's crib, and... His crib. His crib. And he's... On ABC at 8. <laughs> yes. He's laying down orders, sending everyone different places to essentially prepare for, for an attack from Marmo. He's laying down orders to be like the tagline of the show. That is... Yes. I like that. He's laying down orders Friday at 8. Yes. On TGIF. <laughs> Watch for that crossover episode with Family Matters. Uh, so... Can you imagine, like, that crossover oh, episode? Like, he's just, like, this bad cop that, like, works with Carl Winslow. And then, like, like basically, Urkel is doing, like, a, like a follow, like, like a, like a, like a work study, like. A... He gets his hands on Soul Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps killing people. Did I do that? <laughs> and Ostrom's like. It's like, this corpse withers up and dies. Quit touching the sword. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh. Uh, fans, I ask you all the time for fan art. Um, Ain't gonna happen. I know it's not, but I would love to see an image of Steve Urkel in anime style wielding the Soul Crusher with like <laughs> maybe running through Carl and then, <laughs> and then like Ashram just like face palming with a sweat drop behind. Like this image is so golden to me right now. Oh my god, you've created the greatest thing known to man. I want to create. A superhero role-playing game. Uh-huh. And the role, the real bad guy doesn't actually do anything mm-hmm. except find really awfully powerful artifacts and equipment. Okay. And just give them complete dorks. Oh, that's and great. And just let chaos reign. That's great. I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. Let's do it. Um. All right. So Dealit drops some unknown knowledge in this scene. Are you ready for this unknown knowledge? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I remember this. I felt <laughs> he, same thing. She says, he who holds the scepter of domination rules Lotus. Never heard that one before. Yep. <laughs> I, I think I might have heard it once or twice, but I'm not. I, maybe. It, it's new to us. At some point. Yeah, maybe. Shears gets out all of her frustrations uh, with her elf enemy at this point, saying that Marmo's forces died with Asher and Bell. She's, like, really just sassy. Like, she's yep. like, shut up, elf. What do you know? Tough shit. Fucking elf. Cardus gets brought up, and Deedlet just kind of glosses over, like, gets all glassy-eyed, just walks to a fire, and just stops talking. A little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Oh, shit, I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut to Marmo. Marmo. Where we, <laughs> where we got some spooky purple lightning. It's the start of, like, a really awesome, like, 
Ronnie James Dio video. Is it The Undertaker's here? Yeah, The Undertaker's here. It's great. Uh, Wagner has his sex toy. I mean, the Scepter of Domination in hand. What a name, though, when you really think about it. Yeah, no, we. I think we went over that before. Okay, yeah, yeah I, we, I mean, probably did. Uh, evil laughter, then he uses the staff to summon question mark Cardus. Right, it's like he's do- he's dominating Cardus to come back. Yeah. But then going to dominate Cardus to do his bidding once Cardus returns. That's, I think, con- I think that's convoluted. <laughs> that's that, weird. That is an OP artifact that the DM should not have given out. No. I... Vognard is like my least favorite of the villains. Like, for me personally. I liked Beld and his like connection and backstory and that sort of like duality of the two swords and like a, a hero falling from grace. You know how much I love Ashram, um, but like Vagnard was always the odd person out for me as a villain in the show. Vagnard is who I'd be playing in the evil campaign. Oh, absolutely, you would be. hundred like, percent. I get my hands be. on an OP artifact. And I do bad things with it. Yeah, and then I run around acting like a cackling lunatic. I want to like, run another evil campaign. Really? It would last a couple sessions. You've, have you met me? I know, but I just kind of want to do that just for fun. Um, I fuck up evil campaigns. I know you do. Badly. Yeah. It's it's a confusing it's so it's so confusing and Wagner is I don't know I just don't like um the last evil campaign we had I was eating people you were remember I was playing the uh, mm-hmm. the heretic yeah fire dragon blooded I do remember priest. this I do recall this I good worship, times I worship fire and fire consumes therefore I eat people I want to play more exalted I do too anywho so little happens here the original edition yes the first edition is the best edition yeah it is so good so little does happen here. We don't get much. Just him being like, Cardus! Awaken! Another blast of lightning. The servant that was in the room screams. Thankfully doesn't die this time. Right. Because like, there's going to be a lot of that in the next episode. Just like, here are some random servants. Yep. They're all withering away and dying. I think only one actually withered away and dies. Okay. That's good. Uh, we cut to Slane and Lelia for some reason. They're traveling together. And we see budding romance. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, these two are into each other. Yeah, no, pretty. Was, they, they shoehorn that. That's big all time. the scene is. That's all it is. Uh, there is a lot of sexual tension. There's like moments of like she's like, you know, you didn't have to follow me, and he's like, yes, I did. And shit like that. It's it's kind of boring. Uh, there's also a disturbing burst of energy. They're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Slay's like, oh, the Black Ranger <laughs> flies by the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, uh oh, that's bad. Uh, and then we get a break card, but we're not breaking here. We're going to keep going. And uh, we cut to the good guys, and they are talking about... The other good guys. Sh- yes, the other good guys. Uh, they talk about Shaddam going to Raiden, which we've talked about, I don't know, on mic before, but that's always weirded me out, that there's a land called Raiden, but there was also, for those of you, which I'm sure is everyone who doesn't know, uh, back in the AOL days... <laughs> America Online. I was not here. Yes. When Sunny. We, yes. Uh, before internet was good, uh, we had this thing called AOL where we had to plug our phones into our computers, and we couldn't use our phones while we were using the internet. Our landlines. Our landlines. And we had this thing called America Online, and the great it was one of the greatest things in the world. Like, I, I, I love the internet now, but goddamn, AOL was so much, it was such a weird thing. Such a wild west. It was a wild west. Nobody had to under, understand No idea. Word. Like, they had chat rooms that people yep. could go into. And there was a whole group in arts and entertainment. I even remember that, even. Yeah, yep. I was having to go to the arts and entertainment section. It was a role-play community. 
that that sprung up, and they called it Raiden. And I always thought it was weird when I watched Lotus War, like, whoa! I don't know if it came from that. I don't know the whole story of the background, but yeah, it's weird. And they call it a free city in the anime, too, which totally is the AOL thing. I'm no sure. one cares about this, I'm sure. I wonder listening. if that came from... Uh... The if you were, game. if you knew, wait, for, you, for what? The role, the Lodash role playing game. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe that's a, yeah, holdover. Maybe there was like some weird section in there that talked about mm. it. And somebody's like, fuck it, I'm using this. Yeah, no, I mean, quite possibly. If you are listening and you're not someone that we directly know and you know what the fuck we're talking about with write in role playing chat rooms, hit me up. We'll meet at the Dragon. Dragon in the red, red dragon, red dragon, red in. dragon in. Uh, we'll we'll have an ale. We'll uh, roll initiative and spar, but it'll be a good time. Good time had. We can join a guild together. Hachi, hachi. You can join my guild. I still have all that paperwork and stuff. I've got all my old spars. I read one of my spars between you and I, Jeez. not that long ago. You were you you. I don't think we understood how sparring works. Like I did, you didn't. Like I'm doing things like like punches and roundhouse. You're like reaches into his face and pulls out his skull. And I'm like, this is just a friendly fight. What is going on? Oh, hardcore. You couldn't do anything in moderation even then. Uh, what, no, are we talking, what are we talking about? Oh, Shadab, Raiden. We got on a weird tangent there. Um, but no, seriously, if you know what the fuck we're talking about, please tweet at us, at Tuning Japanese, because I, w- I want to talk about that. Um, I will tweet you for five hours. So, by, by the way, this is like the only time we get mention of Raiden and Shaddam's thing. They're like, oh, yeah, by the no. way, Shaddam's not here because he's doing this thing. He's going to another place. He's, he's there. Also, Shiras and Orson decide to take off. They're going to get foe. As they're leaving, Parson calls to her, thanking her for everything. And that actually does garner a little bit of a smile. Yep. And then they're gone. Never to be seen again. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they'll never come back. <laughs> they won't be back in one episode. What was even the point of them? <laughs> they had no point. They're just like Shaddam, just wandering off. Uh, we cut back to Cashew. We get a brief shot of him looking at the landscape. He also plans to leave on his own journey soon. Sure. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Uh, we go to Part and Dealit. We get uh, that weird horse riding animation again. Yep. Where yep. it's just like kind of shaking in three frames over and over again. Oh, Lord. Uh, Parn stops and asks why Dealit is so upset. <laughs> like, what's up with you? You've been very quiet. Uh, yeah, boo. He, essentially, he kind of asks, like, is it Shiras? <laughs> it's not Shiras, <laughs> she, she says. <laughs> she reveals, big spoiler, we've never heard this or knew what was going on. She reveals that the Marmo will need a high elf to summon Cardus the Destroyer. That's why she got all morose by the fire. <laughs> she apparently, sadly, is the only one in existence. Right? That's a pretty well-guarded high elf. I would go after a different high elf that was not expecting it. That's what I thought. You know, they, I say that in my review, um, but now is a good time as any. <laughs> Let's do it. Bring it on. This is really all Dealit's fault. Oh no. You're gonna just, blame the victim, I see. She should have just like stayed mm-hmm. in high elf land. Victim blaming. What? Like, on a boat? In she was island, asking right? for it, wearing that leather armor. Not well, very just, woke of you, I'm Bill. Just saying, her plan should have been to, like, get on the boat, go to the elf island. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then they'd have no elves to summon the evil goddess. Take take the uh, corrupted halfling, old halfling from the ring with them as well? 
Go over or to the chuck him in the water, whatever. Oh no, no! Throw him into the mountain. <laughs> Move his ass over so he has a spot. Oh, there you go. And then, no high elves. <laughs> I could just see that weird crossover. It wouldn't be much of a weird crossover because they're both basically high elf, high high fantasy elf bullshit. But kind of like Uncle Bilbo. I'm really excited to head to the east. <laughs> just boot it out. Get the fuck out of my way. Um, I don't know why she says that, but anywho. Christ. Um, we get a really sweet shot of them, uh, in front of a setting sun in the, in the background. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. It was artistic. Um, but that's interrupted quickly as Vognard shows up in Rex's shop. <laughs> yeah. That's the shit again that you would do. Uh, Shiras and Orson see the darkness, like, <laughs> looming in the direction they just came from and decided maybe we should go back. Uh-oh. This seems bad. Uh, Parn talks to Vognard, uh, says, what's your name? And manages not to giggle like you do when we hear Vognard. <laughs> uh, good to see he's more mature than How you How do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> also, he says that he'll be a god soon. Vognard does. What species is Vognard supposed to be? Did we discuss that? I feel like we have before. And I still don't know. He has pointed ears. I wonder if he's like... But not like elf pointed ears. I wonder if he's like half dark elf? He has fangs though, too. I is wonder he, if he's a vampire. Is he a, is he a vampire? Is he a werewolf? Is he a... Because he has like little points on Is he a Frankenstein? <laughs> I guess maybe he could be a half elf. I, I feel like he's a half dark elf. But I could be completely wrong. That makes sense. I'll go with that. Cool. He's a half dark elf uh, slash vampire Frankenstein. Uh, no, he's not Frankenstein. Back to Raiden. Doc- yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, that, yeah, back to Raiden, indeed. So we get a fight scene. We do. It seems like Cardus is almost in control of him or something, though. And he's got, like, really weird red eyes. Kind of also why I wondered if maybe he was a vampire. I don't know. It almost or maybe seems that's like magic coming out. It could be magic coming out, like the way maybe he's a sorcerer by D and D. So he's like, it's a bloodline thing. It could be. I could see that. I could definitely see that being. Like he's a descendant of Cardus. Ooh, that almost makes it more like a warlock. Well, he could be a warlock too, and then he's channeling Cardus's power through himself. That's interesting. Or he's multi-classing wizard warlock. Hmm. You know, I almost said, I kind of want to make these characters in D&D. We've done that. Never yeah, no mind. Shit. I was trying to figure out earlier what he is. Mm-hmm. And I guess he could be a tiefling, too. A human oh, list. he totally could be a tiefling. Yeah. And the one thing I read said that Vognard went to school with Slain. What? They went to the same Mages Academy. What? That's news to me. And, well, that's why I'm bringing it up. It was the Lodos War Wikipedia. Huh. And... Again, they didn't say, like, he's a human or a half-elf or whatever, which is what I was looking for. Yeah. But apparently he was kicked out of the academy for dark arts. Of course. And they put a spell on him that causes him extreme pain when he casts magic. Oh. But then he just, like, got immune to it from doing it. That's fucking badass! Or not. Like, he still feels the pain, he doesn't care. That's amazing. That's actually, that makes him, like, five times cooler. Right? But, like, he's in pain when he casts spells, but he's just like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. He's too high level. Like, he's rolling a d6 every time, like, whatever. Yeah, he needs I a, can't handle a concentration check. Or a concentration check, yeah. yeah. He, he leveled up high enough that his concentration checks don't... He can pass them so he doesn't lose his spells. Bill? Yeah? I love doing this D&D podcast with you. 
<sighs> Let's talk about the fight scene. Delith summons a water spirit. It doesn't do anything. Undine. Yes. Yeah, because he summons a fire spirit. Oh, really? He calls a name out. Oh, uh, uh, Buckner does? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yep, when he, when he huh. casts a fire spell, he says, whatever, spirit of fire or something. Oh, cool. And then she, I didn't catch that. And she yep. uses the water spell. Yeah, the Undine. Which I think basically goes off of a force field he's gonna get around himself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, kinda like, which is essentially the exact goes, same thing Carla, Carla did. Cause he goes, elementals are useless. Yeah. Like, why'd you just do it? Exactly. Cause he's more powerful. Parn uses his sword. It does little. Uh, a rift opens around Parn and Deedlet, raising them into the air on a massive stone pillar, which was a cool visual. Yeah. Uh, they kind of cut away and you can see like this, like how tall, like it goes way up in the air. Vognard summons the world's slowest dark magic orb. <laughs> like he casts like some sort of magic spell and it just kind of like literally crawls and they're like, oh my god, what do we do? <laughs> It's like the thing Reptile used that was, like... Yes! Like the slow-moving, like, yeah. acid orb. Yep. Yeah, that, I hated that thing. God damn, that was annoying. Because, again, you panic. Every single fucking time. <laughs> yeah, Parn decides to attack it like a fucking moron. Well, that tracks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and then Parn's sword shatters. Yep. The sword that his father, Tessius, gave him. His father be disappointed in him. Dila gets caught in a circle of evil protection or something? <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't know. Uh Parn jumps at it. Force cage. Yeah, force cage. And then Delit is taken away. There is a like really excited scene where he's like pressing his body and face against the <laughs> against the glass. <laughs> and they try to he tries to break it, but the, it does nothing. Not really sure how he planned to break it at all. Like just maybe if I lean on it. He just pop. put him on the glass. <laughs> put him on the glass. Oh. Try to distract Vognar and make concentrate oh. check. <laughs> oh boy, that's shit you would pull. Uh, what if I waved my dick at him? Did the other make a concentration check? Uh, the pillar crumbles. Like gooch right up against glass. Lord. And at this point, Shiras and Orson run for it. Cause they've shown up like, holy shit, that's a pillar of energy of like, like stuff and shit's going on. Uh, Dealit leaves a trail of light for them to Better follow. Better than pillar shit and stuff's going that's, on. That is true. Uh, woo! Uh, Dealit leaves a trail of light for them to find the way back to Vagnard and where he's taking her. And uh, that light then gets absorbed into Parn's sword, becoming a beacon. Which I thought was kind of cool. What's left of his sword, I should say. So that night, Parn is being tended to by his friends. I don't know who said this quote, but the quote is, Ato's treatment alone wasn't enough to save you. No shit. We know how <laughs> great he is. Right. Although next episode, he's where just, the fuck did that come he's from? He's saving it up. Yeah, we're going to get there. That's <laughs> fucked. Like, I can't really know how to say it any other way. That's fucked. It's fucked. It's completely fucked. We'll get there. His whole, he's just been edging his holy magic. Oh, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) There's my own noise. I'm so. (laughs) Uh, The light is a beacon to find her. They reiterate that with the sword. And Lelia says that they plan to use Deedless Eternal Life to resurrect Cardus. Parnari knows this. Uh, he ends up sneaking out to go after Deedlet, but he's caught red-handed by Shiras and Orson. Orson says, hey, I know you're supposed to deliver a message to Moss. Don't worry. We'll go do it. We'll go talk to that weird dude, Chester, Jester, whatever his name is. Prince Jester. Jester, yes. Uh, and, and all of his weird drake, dragony things. And uh, Shiras asks Parn to not die before she sees him yeah. again. Please don't die. <laughs> please, please don't do that. <laughs> So Parn rides out on his own, but he doesn't get very far. 
No. Because as you can imagine, his friends knew, they know his bullshit at this point. They're like, the other other player characters were like, he's not literally going to go out on his own, right? Yeah, like, we, like, we can actually play this game going yeah, forward. Duh, of course we're. Yeah. <laughs> oh, even if, like, they didn't intend, like, the, the GM's just like, <sighs> Parn, fucking player character. Um, yeah, um, they know, they find you on the road. And you um, notice Lelia got uh, upgraded to player character status? Yeah, she totally is a player because character Because Dilet's character is, Dilet oh. is being captured, so her character's got, or her player's got to play something. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> God damn it! When you describe it that way, I need to, remind me, I need to um, share with you, I don't know if you saw it, or where I even saw it. Maybe Eric shared it with me. Someone did. It's uh, Lord of the Rings. Dogs? No, no. That's Ex- amazing. No, Lord of the Rings um, explained, the plot of Lord of the Rings explained as a D&D campaign. Oh, okay. And it's like, when you actually pay attention to it as a D&D campaign, all that shit actually makes sense. <laughs> like, things like, uh, you know, like, they wanted to start as a low-level, like, Hobbit campaign, but then their cool friend Steve, who's also, like, in a band, wanted to play... And he really was jazzed about playing this wizard, so they just let him play that because he's cool and he's Steve. And uh, so, like, but then he had to leave to go, like, on tour. So, like, they'd, like, find a way to kill off his character. But then he suddenly decides to come back. And then, like, and then you got this guy, this guy uh, I can't remember what they named him, like, like, John or whatever. And John's a dick, and he plays this, like, oppositional character, Boromir. And, like, it's, like, <laughs> all, all of it makes perfect sense. And he's, like, and then the GM gets overwhelmed because this game is gaining traction, and there's a bunch of people that just want to play games. And now he's got nine players. And it's just, like, <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with them all. And it was, like, so he's, like, so then he splits the game into two, and he has the hobbits do one group, and the other group does this thing. And I'm, like, this makes 100% sense. Like, all of this. This is, like, this is totally. I thought you were going to say they got sick of being hobbits, so they decided to, like, roll. <laughs> right. Competent characters. Right. Oh my god. So, yeah, they, uh, they roll up, and Princess Fiona apparently has passed off the king's sword, holy sword to Parn. Upgrade time, bitches! Upgrades. Magic weapons. Magic weapons. We get that same static shot of Fiona, like, standing on a balcony, what she does best. I am the balcony stander. <laughs> I stand on balconies. I, stand on... <laughs> I am the land stander. I stand on land. Uh, <laughs> God, home movies is the best. Um, she also sees uh the glint of the steel from like two hundred miles away. That's magic. Parn, Ato, Slane, and Lelia are ready to head off to Marmo. So is Cashew, who we get a shot of as well. We cut to our narrator. God, I feel like we've been reviewing this episode for an hour. We have. Uh, I was gonna say, I'm not sure this is gonna be a good, good do barter. <laughs> well, we'll do it anyway. Trim if it not, down. If not, I could trim it in post. So our narrator says, "Beld is no more." Fawn is no more. Within this chaos, who shall be the one to gain control of Lodos? Even now, the full might of Lodos moves toward a final battle with the forces of darkness on the island of Marmo. And does Ashram still have a chance to realize his ambitions? And that's how we end, with Ashram standing on a cliff with his beautiful... Land standing. Land standing with his beautiful hair flowing in the breeze. And that is episode uh, 11 of record of Lotus War, the wizard's ambition. But then we get into episode 12. But before we do, yo, it's my favorite part of the show. Fart break. Break card. Fart card. Welcome to the break card and another episode of Tuning Japanese, the podcast where two, sometimes three people talk about anime. 
Hope you're enjoying yet another episode of our fine podcast, which you can find on just about every platform, including Spotify, one of our newest ways for you to listen to our fine program and share us with your friends and your family and your coworkers and your mortal enemies. We don't care. We just want the downloads. You can find our episodes on all those platforms as well as at the Questionable Endeavor Network at questendnetwork.com, a place where you can find all kinds of other great shows. If you haven't been there yet to go check out those programs, go do it. And go check out the show that we're going to feature in our little commercial break here before we get back to our episode. Just a couple of reminders. Definitely go check out our YouTube series, Tuning RPG. The second episode should be up pretty soon. We're going to sit down, I think, and record that this weekend and get that put up onto the web. So definitely check that out. It's a series where we're creating characters for the Big Eyes Small Mouth, which is an anime role-playing setting. And who knows, we might actually play a one-shot of that at some point. So go check that out on our YouTube page. Just search for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG. You can also support the show by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to today's episode iTunes reviews, we don't mention them as often on air here, but they're really important. They help other people find us. So if you have iTunes, take just a second to get on there, log in, and leave a review because, you know, it's something that I try to do with all of my favorite shows. And I know that those hosts and people that work on those shows appreciate it, and we would really appreciate it. And we would read your review here in the break card on a future episode. Lastly, just a reminder, go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese for all kinds of bonus content, bonus episodes, bonus stuff, just extra stuff that you can get for as little as $1 a month. And that's about it for me. We'll get you to a commercial. And back to our review. Man, we were punchy this episode of The Record of Lotus War. Hey guys, William Rinkin here from the New Blood Rising podcast. Just wanted to uh, give a little bit more background about our show here on the Questionable Endeavor Network. We are a timeline-based pro wrestling podcast, a nostalgia podcast in a lot of ways because we look at past eras of professional wrestling and try to find either either missing nuggets that we never saw before or maybe we re-examine things that we thought were once excellent that maybe aren't so much anymore and vice versa. We go through a variety of different seasons. We've gone through uh, Vince Russo era WCW. We've gone through the Invasion era of the WWF. We've watched every single ECW pay-per-view and talked about them. We've even gone through the Undertaker's streak, his streak at WrestleMania and basically all his WrestleMania matches even beyond the streak. Spoiler alert, he lost at some point. And we talk about it. So that's who we are. We're the New Blood Rising Podcast. We're on Twitter at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. Please drop us a rating and review on iTunes. And please continue to subscribe to this on the Questionable Endeavor Network, as well as many of the other fine podcasts here. We're back from the break card. Bill. Yes. Episode 12 is in your hands, my friend. No kidding. Right here. They're, they're quite literally it's on my cell phone. phone. I <laughs> took notes, too, but my notes when I don't actually do the review are weird shit like, dramatic music! Holy <laughs> shit! Blah, blah, blah. I just, I really don't write much. I've met so, you. That, that makes sense. That, that, that tracks. So, Bill, tell us about episode 12, Final Battle, Marmo, The Dark Island. I'm scrolling to it. Hold on. So this is episode 12, The Final Battle. Final Battle, Marmo! The Dark Island. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exclamation point. Random dash. Keshin, 
And Kako, no Marmo. <laughs> I like that title better. So Marmo, motherfuckers. Oh. It's a fucked up place soaked in some evil goddess blood. <laughs> Wait, is this the uh is this the recap from our narrator? Yep. Okay. Those crazy mofos going to be resurrected by Wagnard. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't remember Wart saying that. Yep. Okay. Uh his whole plan is to use the scepter and deedle it to resurrect this goddess of destruction and then scepter of pleasure her into his slave. Oh Lord. Kinky shit. That is some kinky shit. Hey, look, cloak druids. <laughs> right? The Undertaker is here. He is here. This is actually all one big setup for a wrestling angle. And then we cut to Wah! as Bard kills that dude. Wait. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yep, we do monster. have that. Yeah, there's there's a which I feel like is a recycled bit of animation. I think it is. I... At least the slashes the X slashes are. Yeah. Our main party. Uh, is in Marmo, head of the King Cashew, mm-hmm. and they're fighting their way to the altar of another dark god. Yeah. This is where I noticed that uh, Lelia is being played by Needle's player, because she's captured. That is what is happening. We got the Cashew, and he's rolling up in his fleet. <laughs> of course he is. You is roll up what, in a boat. This is, yeah, this is when he's in his boat. <laughs> yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. This scene, his whole thing with the boat is very confusing. <laughs> it's, it's, Yeah. We'll get there. I mean, you have to get, I'm sure, by boat, because it's an island, but... It, Makes sense. Yeah, but it's it's a weird... Yeah. Well, he suddenly gets all freaked out. And there's a good reason. Because a big old purple sea dragon... Just has, pops out of nowhere! Yep, and he just hugs the boat to splinters. Yeah, and but yet the boat is fine later just, yep. on in the scene. After, Fucking... all, after all that snake hugging. <laughs> all of that snake hugging, there's a title. <laughs> Cashew has a pep talk to his crew, which basically amounts to, nope. Yeah? But Prince Jester shows up with his, uh, the heavy metal birds. Mm-hmm. And Orson and Shiris are with him. Right. So why'd we bother with the go away? Because they're back. They're, they're back. So, like, man, I wrote more notes than you did there. Like, <laughs> like, there's, there was, I do want to mention, going back just a tiny bit to, hey. uh, Parn. Parn apparently knows about the Dark Altar, which I thought was weird. Like, he knows specifically about, like, the Dark Altar. Right. That, like, the sacrifice is going to happen on. It's like, that seems like waving of the hands a little too much, or like some PC knowledge that the character probably doesn't have. Yeah, it's yeah. metagaming. He's, Parn is metagaming at this point. Are you shocked that Parn's a better gamer? No, I'm 100% not. And I love when he asks Slain if they're... If that's where that Deedlet is, Slane says, most probably. And I don't know why. It's just that line. It's just such a weirdly phrased line. Like, yes, most. Captain. <laughs> yes, it was so weird. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we get like sh- like ship hugging, and it's it's so weird. I do like how Shaddam in that point it says something about like, ah, a god would make a really worthy foe for you. And it's just yeah. like, and Cashew's like, well, it's a good thing you're at least a little jazzed about this shut up <laughs> calm your slow your roll this is actually really serious did you almost say calm your tits i almost said calm your tits i decided to stop myself oh uh, i love also when he says we will not die in the sea well that was my nope yeah it's like no we're gonna die on the land that's mostly his pep talk he's like nah pretty much Nope, not gonna happen. Uh, yeah, some Orson, them back. Go ahead. Yep, Orson, Shearus, and King, uh, Prince Jester. 
Prince, Prince, I keep saying King Chester. He, uh, Prince Jester. They fly and just start throwing spears at the monster. Yes. Hope those aren't the dragon spears. Oh god, I hope not. Those, are, those took so long for them to get. <laughs> Although we didn't see it ever no, happen. Uh, Orson says that they are here to keep the darkness at bay. Because if the world's darkness increases, then here he might take over permanently. Essentially, which is kind of cool. And that Harry they... won't keep Shira safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some, like... She's just a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little fresh, bit of that going fresh on. Fresh Oh, good lord. I, I don't like the fact that... I mean, yes, he's a protector of her. He feels like he needs to, like, be there and help her. But Shiris is also very capable. Right. Like I guess if he goes permanent berserker, that's not good for anybody. No, you including are including the person closest to it. Like, no, you're right. Physically closest. I guess. To I guess if you see it that way specifically, that makes sense. That's how I took it. Okay. Well, then I will as well. Uh, Ashram is also fighting his way to the altar. He's fucking badass. He's just chopping up, chopping up stock animation monsters by the buttload. Fucking badass. And then we cut to a uh, Vognard on a magical elevator that's lowering them down into Vampire Hunter D. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) slowly lowering by the way down in the painfully slow Magnus Lee's castle Mm -hmm. Um, go back and watch that review of of the vampire hunter and the whole time they're sinking like he's just ghost bukkakiing all over Dilet oh stop it oh you're right it's like through her really because they're ghosts yeah they the the (laughs) ghosts like enter her (laughs) and he's like no and they go away yep she is wearing a very interesting sacrificial outfit. It's like a little black dress. It's so... It's like she's ready for date Yeah, night. she's ready for an evening of cocktails and... <laughs> and, and, and demon resurrections. Right. <laughs> oh. so classy, do it. Yeah, you know, That's... gotta keep it classy. Cashew's being all speechy, but kind of stoic. You know, mm-hmm. uh, then we cut back to our main party. There's just more fighting, really. A lot of fighting. This Quite was, a bit. This was a combat-heavy session. This is. It, like, yes. Which, again, is great for the game, the people playing the game. Not as fun. Well, it can be fun for people watching, but the combat has never been overly great in this anime. No, it's just... The one-on-one fights are usually really good, but like the big sort of like epic, ah, ha, ha, cause, slashing... Because they're minions and monsters, and they're just stomping them. Yeah. That, it's one of the weak points. Parn almost gets backstabbed. But Slain brought a stun gun. A stun gun? It's like, don't worry about your back. Just go forward. Oh, my lord. Terrible advice, Slain. Yes. Um, you don't let the wizard be the the uh, tactician. No, no, never let the wizard be the tactician. And then we cut suddenly to a gold dragon. Because why not? Yeah, there is the gold dragon. This is another one of those episodes that jumps scene to scene, like, Haphazardly, like, like crazy. absolutely, like, like my notes. You are like, I, I, there are other things even like we cut to like Cashew's ship. I think like briefly to get into. We do, but it's just they just show it basically. And I love like again the ship that was wrapped up in the sea monster is perfectly fine now. Yep, it's just oh, it's so weird. There's there's so many little things like that. They just like show somebody's face, or right? Show or like Wart. There was a scene with Wart. That well, you, that, I am like, coming up to Wart. Oh, you're coming up to Wart. Yeah. Okay, which is weird. Like he is just suddenly a part of this. Like episode. Yeah, he's just he's taunting Carla for a while, mm-hmm. and then he does a Power Rangers teleport away. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and then he becomes Little Wart later. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Chibi Wart. Yes. We cut to Parn and Cashew's groups fighting, fighting some more. Mm-hmm. 
And then the temple that our mains are in, they start out a uh, like a pink Floyd laser light show coming out of it. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on here. Nars is a, the dragon of Marmo. That's that dragon we've yeah, seen. Not Cardus. Over and over again, we thought it was Cardus. Yes, he's a huge Pink Floyd fan. Uh, so he, he wakes up to come out and party. Nice. Then we have some underground exposition. Mm-hmm. That dragon also wishes that other dragons were there, right? Which Slain is just telling the others in the group, just kind of like general history stuff, mm-hmm. like all. Oh, and uh, we get more lasers coming out of the ground. <laughs> I think these lasers are there to summon Cardus to the group. I party. think they're supposed to be, yes. Yeah. But instead it just doesn't just hatch a hatch the dragon. Like the dragon like appears out in like like the blue. No, that was the first time. That was the first time. Okay, yeah. that's the first time he came out. Yeah, okay. he's already out. Oh, he's already come out. Okay. These are more lasers. Gotcha. This is the second the second set of lasers. Okay. Gotcha. I'm I, trying to remember the specific order I don't know of all if this these is, details. I don't know if this is me or if this is this episode. I uh-huh. feel like it happens I get these episodes that are just, just so mismatched. So you know, this one this one is bonkers. There's um, so much going on. In really any anime, I feel like I always wind up with the the, the chopped up episode and I'm just like my notes start to not make sense because <laughs> I'm just because stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness is what I was about to say. The great magic Vagnardinator. Uh it lands. Don't you find it convenient that like we must go find this god. It is just like one convenient downward tunnel yep. that like takes you past like all of the evil in existence. Like here's his evil dragon, here's the evil spirits. Yep. Oh, here's where the ancient evil god resides that we need to wake up. Shitty Wonka Vader is what it is. Oh, shitty Wonka Vader. <laughs> god damn it. Oh. And then the whole time Vognard is, he's either monologuing to himself or he is casting a spell in common. Because he's, like, chanting about Cardus and the resurrection coming. And yeah. Life. It's like a more of a mantra to, like, focus his energy and attention, maybe? So he's casting a spell in common. Yeah, in I common. Mean, yeah. Either way, he's using the scepter to summon her with the help of the Undertaker's druids. This is where they show up. <laughs> yes, they're... Randomly. They're there. Like, they're there at the bottom of the pit. They get their own pillars. Yeah, I... For some reason. Yep. And then one of the pillars just gets sanked. <laughs> gets <and> sanked. <laughs> and the guy on it just straight up candle melts. Yeah. It was kind of a cool image. But why? Like, what? why did that guy get drained? And not the others? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I watched the last episode, but I feel like more of them get, what do you call it? Sanked. sanked. <laughs> I feel like more of them get sanked in the last episode. Sacrifices, man. Sacrifices. Yes. We go back to our mains again. Ato is saying some stupid shit about being careful. <laughs> Duh. Uh-huh. And that's when the hentai monster, the hentai monster attacks. Yeah, the slimy, viney, henti, hentai monster. <laughs> it uses its fluids as a weapon. Oh, uh, they they, don't they say that? That is a quote. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> oh, I hate everything about this monster. Yeah. This monster is the fucking worst. Lelia and Slane are into it, and they want to stay and get freaky. Holy shit, they do! Yeah. They're like, Parn, don't worry about this, we'll handle it. Right. You go on. Um, this could be our first date. And then they fuck up and split the party. Uh, yeah, they split the party. They leave it just essentially like, we'll handle this. Never split the party. Never split the party. That never ends well. And good thing we have Shatan, the dragon expert here, who tells us not to stand in front of the dragon, that's where the fire comes out. <laughs> Thank you. He is really good at what he does. Uh... And luckily, Jester speaks dragon, because the gold dragon shows up, and Jester is able to, like, oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, yes, he... I understand, Draconic. 
He says he's here to be the dragon ex machina. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that, now, and again, this is one of those things where it's like, we keep shifting. We're back outside. Yeah, we're point. back out. Yeah. And here's my thoughts on this. I feel like this is a GM moment of like, you know, it'd be really, really cool. Like, I've always wanted to have two dragons fight. And you get this moment of like, I bet you he went on this whole thing describing the fight. And thankfully, we're almost not thankfully, because like in this case, like it's cinematic. We could see of it, but we don't get much of the actual fight between the two right. dragons. Because they don't animate dragons in this anime. They just hoochie him across the screen. <sighs> That's true. See, I took it the other way around. He's like, these idiots actually let the dragon get raised. <laughs> and now half of them are fucking with the dragon while the half of them are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And this one guy with the sword won't let the dragon go. Fuck it. There's another dragon. It's fighting the dragon. Go do the thing I want you to right, do. Right, right. Exactly. Move on. Move on. <laughs> That's how I took it. Was a... let, let the gold dragon handle this. You guys go into the fucking yeah. tunnel. Yes. I, I took I, it I more can, as course correction. I for... can see that as well. <laughs> and then Wart finally lands and then just has a debate with Carlo Wood about whether Cardus's return is a thing that should happen. Right. And then Carla kind of has a face turn here because she says she doesn't want Lodas to be destroyed. That's why she only, always does mm-hmm. what she does. And apparently, from what I hear, summoning a goddess of destruction is bad for that. Probably true, in all honesty. Um, and you forgot to mention this is mini wart. This is not like full on wart. Like it's like it's like she's standing there, and he's in this weird golden bubble, and he's really tiny. Is he? Is it this weird perspective? Or I think he's supposed to be like projecting like an image of himself. But he disappeared when he shot that laser of himself. Then I want to stand by that he's just mini little wart in a golden bubble. I got nothing. I love it. I I I love it. I would ship Carla and mini wart. That sounds great. Would Carla and mini wart? Yes. Yes. Oh. Would Carla and the mini wart is my new punk rock band that also does fusion music. I guess that's your new pornography. <laughs> <laughs> We were, <laughs> we were, we were at the watching, pornography store. We were purchasing pornography. <laughs> don't say bar. Don't say bar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So good. Oh shit, it's Ashram. Yes. Who is also going to have a face turn. Because he faces down Vognard. Yes, I love it. But he's the one that actually gets there, sort out. Mm-hmm. Because let me check up on where our main characters are. No, oh, yeah. By the way, here are your main characters. <laughs> And it's Parn and Edo just fighting some ghosts. Yeah. Thank God Parn has Eito with him. Yep. Although, what the fuck? Well, they do another another split the party where Parn has to leave and Edo stays to fight the ghosts himself. Yeah, let me fight this yells, ghost demon. With the awesome power of Phallus. By the awesome power of Phallus. <laughs> LMAO. Is what I wrote in my notes. You know, there's a blinding flash of light when he does that. I'm like, it's getting all Sailor Mooney, isn't it? A little bit. Like, a little, I wasn't sure where you're going with that. Like but each you, one of us is like, well, we'll stay and fight this monster and make sure you main character can face the bad guy. Holy shit! Well, then I'll stay and fight this monster. To... It's it is a hundred percent the Sailor Scouts all dying to yeah. the Gloom and Doom girls. This is gonna end with uh, like synth rock music and Parn pointing a sword and like all the ghosts of his friends. Like I would die. You would cry. I that sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds like like the greatest anime ever written. It's called Sailor Moon. It is. Oh my god, it is! Anyway, carry on, please. Uh, uh, that's a song from Sailor Moon. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> it's a song from that scene. <laughs> oh, give me the strength to carry on. Bill, carry yeah. on. So this is where we also find out, or 
reiterate that Deedla is the key to all this, and she's all important. If you save Deed, you save all of Lotus as well. Why are High Elves so hard to find? We don't ever get an explanation of that, do we? No. Uh, a good High Elf is hard to find. A hard elf is good to find? A good hard elf <laughs> is high to find. Wait, that's not right. A hard high elf. A, hard, a high hard elf. High hard elf. <laughs> is good to find. Uh, wow. Cut back to Ashram and Wagnard. It's <laughs> not Wagnard. 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 They're still jawed at each other. <laughs> they about, are. About power and such. <laughs> Doing what villains do. <laughs> yep. Waiting for the good guys to show up. They finally start to fight it out. They do. And Deedlet has, like, little sparkly pinks around her. And she just goes, her only line in the whole episode is, Parn! Like, three times. Mm-hmm. And this time she's, Parn! She says, I tried, but I can't, I think is what she says. Yeah. She's trying to hold on. She's trying to escape? Maybe? Trying to kill herself? Not succumb to the evil god. Well, there really isn't much of succumbing to the evil god. She's just laying there getting sacrificed. Saxomophone. <laughs> Saxomophone. <laughs> And that's really it, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's episode 12. Yeah. Well, yeah, your review is really short because there's not a lot going on there. There really isn't. Um, so, yeah, that was episode 12, Final Battle, Marmo, the Dark Island. Uh, this is the part of the anime, the anime, the episode. There you go. Where we talk about our the, thoughts. The end of the anime is where we talk about it? Yes. <laughs> where we talk about our thoughts on the episodes. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Go ahead. All right. Not, as I mentioned earlier, not the strongest episodes from the bunch. They aren't. Um, overall, it's, it falls under that syndrome of we have to set up some big conclusion. Yeah. And they want to spend some time to kind of get toward that. They could have cut some of it, I feel. They could have sprinkled some of it all the way back. Right. Like, not have that breakneck, back-and-forth pace of that episode 12. Yeah. Which was all over like, the damn we could have known who Cardus was. Absolutely. And that she was under Marmo the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, and not that, confuse it with the dragon. Yeah. And known the scepter could have, you know, had the powers to raise a god. Mm-hmm. And known why a high elf is so rare. And what about them has such power. And all that, of those things would be great. And then one episode could have... If we knew all that ahead of time, one episode could have sufficed in that, oh, he could have kidnapped Deedlet longer ago, too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like suddenly he just shows up and takes her. Just, I'm a bad guy, yoink. Yeah. It's not as elegant of storytelling as we've gotten in some of the earlier episodes, like the Carla arc, the original yep. one. Like, that that felt a lot more neatly told. We got all the information we needed. We understood who she was, her backstory, the whole Lelia thing. Uh, the connection with Gim going out and trying to find her and helping, uh, helping Nice. All of that was much more neatly done. I feel like they really took what probably was a very drawn out part of the campaign that took a long time uh-huh. and just really condensed down. Like, yep. okay, so we got to get a fight with a dragon. We need a big ending. Yeah, we need to, we need to include like three dragons from here. We need to do like, Ashram's death and rebirth. We need to do the Vognard storyline, which should be more episodes, because even Vognard feels like a lesser character. Yeah. Who cares? We didn't get the full build-up like we got with Carla. Right, exactly. And then Carla being on the sidelines weird, you know, like, she has the sway and the power to do more, but she's still fully not, and it's... It is a little baffling, but that all, all that said, I still like the episodes. 
I don't hate them. Yeah, I wasn't, um, I wasn't like groaning trying to get through it or anything. No, it's just, I just would like more detail. I agree with you on that. I just sort of, as I, we said, I sort of fell in a stream of consciousness right in my notes because it was just. 12 was all over. Things happening. Even, even my like notes for 12, which were pretty sparse, were just like, then I guess this happens. Then this yeah. happens, I guess. And it is. And I guess that might be a weakness of the genre overall because, mm-hmm. it, as I said, I always seem to find myself in an episode that's just sort of, here's a bunch of shit happening back and forth. Yeah. Scenes that are five seconds long. Mm-hmm. You know, this and this and this and this. And it, I think that might be an anime thing. It is, I think, an anime thing for sure. 100%. But yeah, it definitely has built up, I think, enough tension for the conclusion. Interested to revisit that last episode and how everything plays out. So, yeah, I mean, overall... All right. I like that we've had two bad guys that are, they haven't gone full face turn, but they're at least working to the same goal that. Absolutely. There's the one crazy asshole bad guy who's bad for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's growth. There's, I mean, it just makes the, the characters feel that much more real. Right. Their motivation's more real. Except so. except for Wagner. Except for Wagner. Because he's just crazy asshole. Absolutely. And that's, and sometimes that's okay to have. I mean, that's what I play when and I play evil. That's fair. Anything else you want to add on these two episodes? Uh, no, I think we had a nice back and forth. I think so, too. We have one episode left. One episode left. Episode 13. Lucky 13. Which is Lodos, the Burning Continent. That is ominous. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. But we'll we'll talk about that next, one, next time around. And then we'll have a sort of wrap-up of the record of Lodos War, the OVA. We'll talk about our overall thoughts on the anime. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of go from there. So I think that about does it for today. I think so. Uh, so once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their thirties talk about anime and soon you will call me your God. I'm Andy. And Edo's treatment alone wasn't enough to save me. I'm Bill. We have that wonderful healthcare here and we will see you next time. I had a joke about leftovers. I'll tell you later. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like The Shadow Vein Podcast, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, The Reanimator Podcast, Perilous Pretenders, and our newest show, and sometimes their scotch. Don't worry, just-
Naito. If you save Deed, you save all of Lodos as well. I'm glad we made it this far together, you and me. Thanks, Ato. Yes.